Welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talaya Dindi. I'm a cancer thriver, cancer doula, independent patient advocate, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. Gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that are needed and what one receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps by sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who are thriving on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complementary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello everyone, this is Talaya Dindi from OnTheOtherSide.life and you're listening to Navigating Cancer Together, the show that has something for everyone facing cancer. Why? Because everyone is different with different needs, beliefs, and perspectives. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I encourage you to open your minds and your hearts. Today, our very special guest is Bridget Cutshaw. Bridget Cutshaw is an unabashed health advocate. Her goal is to empower others, not just to survive, but thrive, and encourage them to focus on what's important, to find their inner strength. She is also the founder of Gemini Media, a creative enforcer, the host of Real Things Living podcast, and she has authored several books. Bridget enjoys staying active with her family, dogs, and of course, running. Bridget, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. Thank you, Bridget. I'm happy to have you here. Before we really dive into the conversation, how are you feeling today? Actually, pretty good. I live in the metro Atlanta area and the weather has been cold and now it's warm. So that's why you have to dress in layers, but it's sunny. I like it when it's sunny outside. Wonderful. I understand about the sunny part. Yes. If it's <laughs> freezing cold here, as long as it's sunny, I can get through it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Bridget, we'll go ahead and get into the conversation. Please walk us through the three cancer diagnoses that you faced and how the rare primary brain tumor was discovered. So you had three diagnoses. Yeah, what it all started in my early 40s, the whole 40s, the whole decade, I had all this stuff happen to me. And 41 is when we found the, not we, whatever, it was discovered the early stage breast cancer. And it was in my milk ducts. Right. I think that's called ductal cars. DCIS. And it was, they did some tests on it and it was uh, really related to some high levels of prolactin, which is it's in your milk duct. And I found a doctor who is a researcher. So I like to work with those kind of doctors because they're more open to different types of options. And he is the one I had to end up having a lumpectomy, I had to end up having two because they supposed to have clear margins. And because it was aggressive, they, they tested that. I ended up getting some radiation to my chest. And that's the only thing I regret ever doing just because it now, I don't know how many years later, but it, it's really tight. 
But then being monitored by this breast cancer doctor and my OBGYN and my hormone levels were really wacky. My prolactin and the growth hormones and uh, my estrogen was fine. And they thought that's something we should check out in your pituitary. And that's when at 44, three years later, after that first breast cancer, they did a MRI of my brain to check out my pituitary. And that's when we discovered that other brain tumor I did not know I had. And it's called uh, vestibular schwannoma. Sometimes it's called acoustic neuroma, but mine is a vestibular, meaning because it's grown on the vestibular nerve, which is your balance nerve. And it grew slow. It grows slow. And that's why my body accommodated to it. And I didn't realize this was going on. After discovering that, I had to meet with multiple specialists because no one in the Atlanta area knew how to treat this. And there were just so many new options out there. So I ended up going to Chicago, <laughs> specialists in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend come with me because you can't do this by yourself. You can't. That's one thing you. I definitely want. And I'm sure you've shared that too. Is you can't do this alone to hear mm-hmm. doctor's appointments. Anyway, he had recommended. He said, I'm going to be okay because, well, he didn't recommend surgery. And he recommended this thing called gamma knife, which is like targeted radiation. And well, there's another newer thing called cyber knife, which is down here back in Atlanta. So I'm like, I'm going to do that because it's going to be in Atlanta. I won't have to be too far from everybody. What if something happens? Right. And then my, I had so many doctors, by the way, (laughs) the neurosurgeon, he said as well, he would not recommend surgery because it was a really high risk of paralysis if we had surgery how exciting was that? exactly wow cyber knife is targeted radiation but it's super more targeted than the, the gamma knife and it's very new technology at the time and the insurance decided to pay for it all and that was good the only downside of that was i was tired mm-hmm. your body's just tired and at that time i was 44 and it did shrink. The goal was to kill it. It did shrink it some. But the problem was my hormones and my pituitary were just really weird. And the neurosurgeon believes that brain tumor that I had, the, the one of the bigger one, is what's causing all this putting pressure on my pituitary. So then we're like, okay, they try, try to get me on some medication. And all it did to lay the baby hyper, right? <laughs> I already have high metabolism. It made me hyper. I'm like, I don't need this. I'm like, this isn't right. But I did take it. It lowered my level sub, but not to a normal level. And I was like, yeah, I felt like I was on a lot of caffeine. Anyway, so then right before I was 48, it was a couple of months before my 49th birthday is when I discovered a lump in my armpit. Oh, I'm like, oh my gosh. I went to go see the doctor. I, I didn't wait. And he said it was not in my lymph nodes. I didn't know this, but you have a breast tail in your underarm. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and it grew there. So they removed it and they tested the lymph nodes on each side. And it wasn't showing up in the lymph nodes, but so they tested it. It's called the Oncotype. And that's when they said, this thing is still aggressive. That's because we couldn't control my hormones. In my oh. That's what's going on. And so I'm like, okay, great. It was aggressive. And the o- options were chemo. I ended up going with the chemo route because it was very aggressive and the odds for chemo helping 
was really good. I never thought I would go that route. But we were also concerned about the brain tumor. What's it going to do to the brain tumor? Mm-hmm. Would it wake it up? <laughs> so we had it all done and it was okay. After the chemo, it took a while, right? Lose your hair and all that kind of stuff. And I got good compliments of my bald head, which is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the brain tumor then started growing again. It wasn't a lot. So ended up my GYN. she recommended I get the Tdap booster shot, the tetanus booster shot, because they're yes. repurposing that for brain tumors. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Go ahead, please. <laughs> and that's what killed my brain. Isn't that hilarious? It, it, it killed the brain tumor. So I was open to that. I have scar tissues in the brain from, not a lot, but from the cyber knife. So if they ever had to go in, they would have to debulk it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then then the year after the chemo, that's when I got the third cancer. That was melanoma. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. And that's a side effect of chemo. Yeah. Right. And I was really careful about sunscreen, but melanoma has nothing really to do, is my understanding, with sun exposure. I wore sunscreen. But second time around was really amazing. I didn't mention this, sorry. After the had the chemo, I did the double mastectomy, or actually before the chemo, on my 49th birthday. Yes. And I did it on purpose because I saw it as a new life. And yeah. that's how I saw it. And that was scary. I'm like, I am not dealing with this ever again. Because of the aggressiveness of it, it could come back. And now it's been nine years. Good. Congratulations on nine years. That's amazing. And a blessing. You have been through a lot, Bridget. Three diagnoses of cancer. That is a lot. Yes. Please share with us how that impacted your mental health. And how did you get through those tough times? I think the biggest thing, I was scared at first because my sons were younger. They were elementary and early middle school when the first cancer came. I didn't want to scare them. Mom's going to be okay. They had to know what was going on though, because I had to heal and it was scary, but I saw them as a beacon is that I'm going to be there for them. I'm just open to talking to people, sharing this kind of stuff because you got to connect and talking to doctors who will listen to questions. That's right. And they're going to be the ones that will be more open to different options. I've always liked running. And I went back into running again. I mean, I've always been a runner, but you had to take a break going through cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. And that helped a lot. Just being outside in nature helped me a lot. And just being there for my family. And I also, between in the middle of all that, I got certified in nutrition. Also, I didn't mention, I saw a an epidemiologist who was a holistic epidemiologist. And he did all this stuff on me too. test me. Mm-hmm. I always knew not to eat. I didn't want to eat dairy mm-hmm. and that probably didn't help. And he discovered that I had a dairy issue. So I got their certified in nutrition that helped me heal. It's part of what you eat is part of healing. Moving is part of healing and resting. So I made sure I made time for that. And I did mm-hmm. writing was very helpful. You don't share all the bad stuff to people. It's not traumatic, but it just helps get the good thoughts out there. What good happened today? That's what I would focus on. 
Wonderful. It sounds like you did what I highly recommend to my clients, and that's focus on other areas of your life that you can heal as well. So I love how you went to these different doctors. You focused on your writing, your eating. Another thing that I find so interesting is that we're taught at a young age to get dairy. And a lot of people, including myself, I didn't realize how that was impacting my body until later on. And now I don't eat dairy, if at all, maybe a little cheese here and there, but that's it. And usually it's vegan, but dairy is not what we think it is. It it really impacts a lot of people negatively. It does. And it's in every, especially processed food. If I see a label to me, it's not really food. Mm -hmm. And it, cause it's in there as a thickening agent. And my issue is with casein protein, Mm -hmm. which is like the chunk in cottage cheese. And so I don't eat that. So the doctor said, don't even have whey protein because it could be contaminated with the casein. My body gets inflamed and my sinuses, Mm -hmm. I get body aches from it. Yes. And that's what it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Since you've had so much experience with the healthcare system, seeing different doctors, I think this is very important to ask. What was your experience like with the healthcare system while you were receiving care? And what advice do you have for others diagnosed with cancer who are trying to navigate the healthcare system? I was fairly lucky. I joke if I can cuss on here, I'm a pain, I'm a pain in the ass because I would ask all the right questions. I'm like, I only do something that I'm willing to take a risk too. If it was going to help me, I was willing to do that. And I was fortunate that my doctor was able to convince one of the doctors that did this, convince Blue Cross Blue Shield to do this new treatment because I didn't know what I was going to do if it was going to be disapproved because it was mm-hmm. new technology, but you just have to be persistent. And I was really connected a lot with the nurses too, not just the doctors. They're very critical in the whole situation. And I would get their opinions too, what they thought, because they've seen a lot of patients, not just my experience. And so they have some good wisdom to share, but the healthcare system, I didn't have a bad experience. Now it would be bad. I think because my husband's company switched to like United Healthcare. Mm-hmm. The hospital that I used doesn't accept United Health. Isn't that just weird? Oh, so yeah. I would have to switch doctors. I'm just grateful that it happened in that time frame, and I would just have to. I had to switch doctors anyway with United Healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. So one of my doctors, he gave me a major discount when I go see him. He monitors the hormones still, even though they're all level. I still need to get that stuff checked out. You can't mm-hmm. assume it's gonna be gone forever but you just have to have an advocate and I think that's why health insurance there's pros and cons I really wish we didn't have to deal with that I know I agree it's insane and that adds more stress unfortunately your Mm -hmm. situation that's why I was a little stressed oh my gosh the best solution is this cyber knife are they gonna pay for this and it was a lot you look at all the stuff that adds up chemo and surgeries It's over a million dollars. Yeah, it's a lot of money and everything costs, every little thing. (laughs) I think back in the day, I think my father-in-law, he had cancer. This is in the early 2000s. They had a maximum of what they would pay out as a million dollars. 
Mm-hmm. And he had cancer for over 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So that adds up. So that's why I'm glad I don't have that issue but that I'm aware of. So you got to look at all the little details. And I just an advocate for, we need to do a little bit better here in the, the U.S. Yeah, I agree. I hear about some of the other healthcare programs they have in other countries, even Canada, our neighbors, and they seem to have a healthcare system that might be a little more conducive to making sure they get the care that they need without having to jump through so many hoops. But then on the flip side, there could be a huge, we have a waiting period here too, but theirs can be really long. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I just recommend, I did research on my doctors and I did ask that insurance company at the time, which doctors are on, make sure they're going to be on the plan. (laughs) That's right. But, But the cyber knife thing was unexpected new technology. But they're like, okay, cool. And they, it probably helped Blue Cross too to justify, made them feel better. Probably because I, again, I'm a PETA. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to be here for my sons, okay? In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. (laughs) That helped. That's why you're here. That's part of the reason why you're here. Exactly. I'm Mm -hmm. persistent. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Because if not you, who? (laughs) Exactly. Someone else. So far, so good. Good. Glad to hear it. Bridget, what is one thing you wish would have been available to you at the time of your diagnosis? Or on the flip side, is there something you wish your oncologist or healthcare team would have done differently? Sounds like you really had a good experience with your healthcare team, but is there something that you wish would have been available to you that was not? I'm thinking the radiation I had to my right side of my chest. I wished I hadn't have done that. Just because I have lots of, as I'm older now, that happened 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's affected lots of, it keeps coming back and I'm just really tight. Mm-hmm. And so I still do my stretches. I don't take pain meds, but it just helps a lot. Just got to be careful. But that's really the only thing, I, I should say I regretted it, but I knew the risk of it. But at the time, like I said, my sons were eight and 11, <laughs> they were young and I'm, I'm going to be there for them, but I they didn't have this it. other solutions. Now, now they're learning. I've never been a big vaccine person, but after that tetanus shot killed my brain tumor, I'm like, I'm open. I think they're doing research for breast cancer mm-hmm. vaccines. They are. And there's so many causes of breast cancer. That's why it's so tricky. And that's why with me, they didn't know what to do because I did all the right things. And it, I didn't know at the time dairy was bad for me, <laughs> but, but I, I think the medical society, I think they're learning, they're getting better about nutrition too. And one thing I did do when I was in the chemo pod, they were telling us to eat healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there were people donating Coke and I'm sorry, <laughs> sodas and cookies. And like, no, that's not sugar. good for you guys. It's sugar. So I would show up because I had my nutrition training. So I was trying to be a, an example for everybody else. And mm-hmm. I would bring just water and I would bring an apple and not eat cookies. Yeah, they're good sometimes, but not in the chemo pod. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. And so I was trying to convey that message to all the other patients. And I think, like I mentioned, the doctors or are more open to that. And I think my hospital that I went to, they're now offering like acupuncture for cancer patients, because I think they're being more open to this, which is good. It's very important. And 
just letting patients know what else is available out there to help complement what they're receiving at the hospital, but then also to help reduce some of those side effects from the treatment, I think is so important. Yes. And this kind of segues us into how you incorporate integrative health and traditional and holistic healing into your life. Was this something that you had already knew about before your diagnosis? Was it something that you learned about during that time? How did you get started with integrative health? Well, I, I'm a believer in listening to your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really what it is. A lot of people think it's woo-woo and don't do that. But I thought I wouldn't be here if I wasn't listening to my body. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my body was telling me to, I had these weird aches and pains. And this was before I had, but that's, that's because I didn't know I had the brain tumor yet, but that's what was causing weird things. It was pushing on my brainstem and eating dairy. All that probably was not helping my body heal properly. And I didn't eat dairy much when I was young because I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we were told you got to eat it. But in my body, I always wanted fruit and vegetables. That's how I was listening to my body. And I've also been very active. That's important. It's all connected. I knew deep down, you got to eat right. Yeah. And you do have to do some movement. And I like running. <laughs> I don't run every day, but it does help mentally. I think mm-hmm. it, it can just be a simple walk, but just moving will help you. And then the proper rest. I learned a lot. I started doing yoga, by the way. I didn't mention this earlier. I started doing yoga after the first cancer. I knew about the resting part. It's not just sleeping, but it's just calming down. And I totally stay away from caffeine because that's not good for my, based on that holistic epidemiologist, caffeine's based on my metabolism is not good for me. Mm-hmm. People don't realize what metabolism is. And that's what your thyroid. That's right. They're all rolls. connected. And I have enough that energy in my body. I don't need more. My understanding just has more stress to your body. What helped you stay focused on what's important to you? I think being around my family and having access to trails near my house, mm-hmm. it just would help you focus. Yes. And dogs, they help you be in the moment. I think that's important and appreciate what you have and not you, what you wish you had. Right? Gratitude. Yeah. And it, gratitude is so important. And I learned that from the, the yoga stuff I took and just appreciate what you have. And I think I love, I like moving and running and that's what I make sure I include. It's like I said, I don't run every day anymore. I'm 58 now. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I walk every day Yeah. and I run three times a week. And in between I have to do what is it Pilates I don't lift weights because at my age I don't like it anyway <laughs> I don't like I it. understand you gotta keep your yeah you gotta keep strong. your muscles mm-hmm. you gotta mix it up and Pilates is a really good way and it's related to yoga and I fell in love with Pilates when I was going to the YMCA as well and I like that because you're in a class with other women mm-hmm. yoga I do at home it's totally different Pilates, you're just building strength with your body weight. So you have a mix of different things that you do, which I think is really good. You got to mix up. And then I do write a lot still and read because it's so important. I've written 
four books. I just wrote another one that came out in June around my birthday. It's mm-hmm. called Move for You because I want people to get up and do movement that they enjoy. Like I can't tell you to go run, mm-hmm. but some people like to ride bikes. Some people like to swim. I hike and walk and run. That's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I realize I've gotten older. That's why I started doing Pilates. You got to keep your core strong <laughs> regardless. <laughs> Writing is like I mentioned, it is therapeutic. I just like to write. You've got to continue using your brain. You know what I'm saying? To keep your brain active. Yeah. Bridget, what would you say are your three pillars of health? My three pillars of health is definitely movement in that is also related to actually have bowel movements on me, but, <laughs> but it's true. That's important too, yeah. but it does. You got to keep your body moving. So your organs are moving, working properly. That's what I've learned. I was a, a coach, a USA track and field coach. And now I am a running coach with the Atlanta track club at my age, nice. which is hilarious because people want to get into running so I can help them. But I've learned that I've always feel good after it. And I'm one of those people that in good those endorphins kick in. Mm-hmm. The second thing is definitely nutrition, what you eat. And you got to fuel yourself properly before you exercise too, but fuel mm-hmm. yourself properly after. And like some people are, they're okay eating dairy. I, I cannot, you need to understand what you can tolerate and what you can't. I don't recommend to drink a lot of caffeine. I just don't even if you can tolerate it. Some people I've seen drink caffeine before a run. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing is rest, which is definitely you got to sleep. I'm one of those people that always need longer sleep than others. I need nine hours. I just, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. And I function better on that. And resting means to not just sleep, but you also like to do yoga and just do some meditation and gratitude stuff. My favorite thing is to sit outside and look yes. at the trees. Mm-hmm. And that's resting. It is. Yeah. As well. So those are my three things. Thank you for sharing those. And as you're talking, Bridget, throughout this whole conversation so far, there's a theme that comes up for me. And it's take the time to learn about your body and learn what works best for you. Because everyone is different, but all of those things that you mentioned are very important to good health. You just got to figure out what is right for you. Correct. Mm -hmm. And people are like, you got to go ride a bike. Number one, I used to ride them when I was younger, but now even though the brain tumor is dead, my body has to over, still overcompensates. Okay. So it's not a good idea. I can do a stationary bike, but Mm -hmm. I'm more likely to fall. So I know not to do that anymore. And so you got to understand that and you got to be careful and I should say, be careful, but be cognizant. (laughs) And that's my body telling me, don't do that. For I just give you a quick example. Last October, we visited some friends that moved to Key West. It must be nice to go live in Key West. Yeah, right. To go visit (laughs) them and we were going to do a bike ride. I couldn't properly. I had to be on a tandem bike with my husband because I couldn't, it's just because I have a hood on my head. It's hard. You got to wear a helmet. That's right. But that's something of the rare, the brain tumor that I have. I can swim though. Okay. Because there's no, Mm -hmm. there's no pressure. 
you got to think about it. And that's another thing with my brain tumor, my right side, the, the balancing it's working overtime because the left side doesn't work properly. So that's probably why I can get fatigued riding a bike, you know what I'm yes. saying? But I can run because my brain is not having something on its head. That's really what it is. You just got to be there for yourself. Listen. And I love encouraging, inspire people. Some people, I think that's why pickleball is probably popular now. It's so popular now. Yes. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. But some people I read are getting injured. Yes. So even pickleball guys, you got to stretch before and after. And that's as we age, that is something I've learned that's really critical to me. And we know it's important, but we just take five minutes. That's yeah, really all it muscles. is. Mm-hmm. Stretch those muscles, especially after riding a bike, you still need to stretch. Swimming, you need to stretch. Working in a garden, that's a lot of work too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but is. that is movement. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be an exercise. We're just doing stuff like working in your yard. That's right. And it can be stuff you enjoy. Exercise doesn't have to be not fun or strenuous, that kind of thing. <laughs> you start off just walking around the, around the neighborhood. One thing that came to mind for me, as you were talking about the brain cancer that you had, do you know, or have your doctor shared with you that it could potentially lead to like dementia, Alzheimer's, anything like that? Is there any correlation that you know of? They believe what could happen to me is I could get hydrocephalus Mm -hmm. is because having that there can cause extra fluid in my brain. Okay. So I still get MRIs every two years. And they believe what caused mine was radiation exposure. That's what they believe. And that is makes sense. I was a military brat. I'm a military, lived around military. I'm not saying, but I lived around military bases. Mine is an environmental issue. How did this happen to me in My mother's fine. She was an adult. But my brother, the same year my brain tumor was discovered, he had a growth on his left side on his chest, pushing on his heart. Mm. So isn't that kind of weird how we both had something discovered in the same time frame? His was removed. His was considered a fatty tumor, but it was removed without any issue. Mine was a little different situation. But yeah, they haven't really said I could, I'm prone for that, but that's maybe that's another reason why. My body's telling me, read, do puzzles, go move, because they, I think I read an article, I don't remember where, about exercise does help prevent that. That's right. Dementia. And it does not run in my family. Okay. But just like this brain tumor, you just don't know. That's my, hey, at least I'm going to be happy if I do. I'm just kidding. (laughs) kidding. (laughs) I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. One thing I I definitely want to share is a quote. You are quoted as saying, I come to understand that books are not just collections of words. They are vessels of thoughts, energy, and wisdom waiting to be explored. I love that. So please tell us more. You touched on your book a little bit, but please tell us more about Move For You, empowering a healthy, happy life through exercise. And how this all fits into your understanding, the quote that I just read, how does this book fit into that? I'm trying to inspire people who don't exercise regularly. That's really what it is, who have excuses. And usually it's targeted for 
I should say women in their fifties, like, but people in general in their fifties. And I've had some people read this who are, they're like, holy cow, Bridget makes it sound so easy. And I'm inspired because I talk about just dance in your kitchen yeah. while you're cooking. I just talk about keeping it simple mm-hmm. and it's move for you, empowering a healthy, happy life through exercise. And I just want you to find something that you find fun. Got to try different things, right? Like I said, I used to go biking, but it's not a thing for me anymore, but I do hike. It just makes me happy. I have other stories and there are other cancer patients. And one of my good friends had type one diabetes and running is hard for her because she's got to have the device on her. I inspired her to start biking like 10 years ago. It improved her levels. Her type one diabetes is out of the blue. People don't realize that's something you can't control. That is Mm -hmm. your pancreas basically shuts down. And she is a a great example of someone listening to, to me, whatever, but I just try to inspire people and be positive about it. And if you want to try Hiking, that's something simple too, right? I I think it's simple. One of the reasons I probably like running is because it's simple. You just need a good pair of shoes. Yeah, you can't. You could go naked. I'm just kidding. But you (laughs) want to have. But the most important device is your shoes. Are your shoes right? Especially they wear out too if you're using them for running. But that's why I was just motivated to. I just saw so many other people, especially after COVID, which was good. People are out hiking more, but I don't see, still don't see too many people doing other kinds of exercise. I don't go to the, I'm not a huge fan of the gym, but if you want to go to the gym, go to the gym. If you like that. I only went there to do the Pilates class. That was it. Yes. (laughs) That was it. That was it for me for a class, but I just want to, and be happy. People are just focused too much on the negative. And I've had people make fun of me for being so positive, but I think mm-hmm. that's just my personality. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, but I've had some good feedback from it because people are like, wow, she does make it. And I keep it really simple in three sections. One is I talk about my running. And then if you want to get into that, which can be applied to walking and then other options, your other adventures, I said, choose your adventure is mm-hmm. what I call it the gym and biking or whatever. And there's also a dosha quiz I put in there because Mm -hmm. some people like to understand that. And my dosha is definitely, yeah, it tells me Bridget needs to do yoga more. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other section is, it's called the empowerment mode, things that will empower you to move. And then at the very end, the section is called motivations for movement, things that will motivate you. And I tried to keep it really simple. It's not a big, huge book, but people like the dosha quiz and they're like, oh, they never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. It's how your body is. And I'm natural. Like I mentioned, I have high energy already. And that's why I can run. Mm-hmm. I like it. I should say can run. But if you do want to start running, start slow. That's right. <laughs> that's what, <laughs> and that's why people are like, oh, I'm going to do a marathon. Yeah. You need to go run a mile first, be pro- progressively go up from that. And that's really what it is. Just keep it simple as you can. And that way you'll stick to it. There's some days the weather might be bad for running. And that's why I have an elliptical as an option in my basement. 
That's right. An elliptical because that is more like running than I am not a fan of treadmills just because your terrain doesn't change. But with an elliptical, you're putting pressure like you're going uphill. It's yes. kind of hard to explain. I know exactly what you mean. And like I with pre- the treadmill, it's just the same all the time. <laughs> yes. And so, I find that boring. Yes. It's mm-hmm. just me. And I used to have a treadmill and I gave it away, but I have my indoor bike, stationary bike, and I have elliptical for the winter time, right? And some people want to, like I say, want to go to the gym, but I do mix it up. I have yoga mats, but that's just something I've incorporated in, into my life. And I've always liked it because I listened to my body and says, this makes Bridget happy. <laughs> that's right. You listened and incorporated. You took action. The eating is all how you fuel your body is Mm -hmm. important as well. Absolutely. Bridget, as we start to wind down here, please share with us, what is something that people often misunderstand about you or the work that you do? Misunderstand about me? They think I'm a marathoner because I talk (laughs) about running and I'm not. And I don't know why people think that. That's really, I do it. I'm more of a short middle distance, excuse me. I, that's what I like to do. I do it because I feel uh, good. And I had to have physical therapy, by the way, to get back into it after all these health issues. I didn't just jump into it. Okay. And I had a physical therapist who was a runner too. And the other thing I do for my work for business is I help people with share their stories. My background is in publishing and communications. And that's why I thought it was funny. I'm in the business and I didn't write my first book until after the last cancer, Mm -hmm. but I needed some encouragement from that. And that's, we're just here to encourage each other. And I like to be positive. I was doing speaking for a while too. I'm more inspirational kind of stuff, but that stopped because of COVID. Okay. (laughs) I think that's why I think podcasts have have become very popular because of that. Some do more podcasts now. And I, it's just, that's really what it is. I, I'm not a marathoner, but I am a consistent mover, runner, and I like to be outside in nature, and I love stories, and part of it is reading, and I like to write. Hopefully that helps. <laughs> Absolutely. I like consistent mover. I like that. Yes. <laughs> that's what our bodies are meant to do. I think that's the downside of technology. We're sitting down too much. I agree. Bridget, please share with the audience if they're interested in working with you, your website where they can find you. Also, where can people get your book or books if they're interested as well? The best place to find me is on my website. It's BridgetCutchall.com. It's B-R-I-G-I-T-E-C-U-T-S-H-A-L.com. And it's the French version of Bridget. (laughs) My mother's (laughs) French. And there, there's a page on there for my books and it'll give you a link to Amazon. So you can buy them on Amazon. You can also buy my books on Barnes and Noble and Walmart and not on Target yet. Target put my books on there, but it's really, <laughs> I'm just being funny, but it's in multiple places. There are ebook versions and physical printed versions. And I only have one audiobook. I haven't done the audiobook yet of my newest book, but that takes time too. <laughs> yes, it does. Are you thinking about doing it yourself? You narrate? I narrated the first book by myself. It was a book about my stepfather who had a big impact on my life. And 
the introduction or the forwarders written by an army, retired army general. So I had my son read that part. I couldn't, I wasn't comfortable. (laughs) I I probably want to do the reading myself because it's personal in a way, the move for you. I I already have the the equipment, so I probably will do that myself. (laughs) Great. Bridget, before we wrap up, is there anything that you'd like to share that you have not had an opportunity to share? No, I just uh, do something that makes you happy, right? Get up, just get up as, as much as you can. And I recommend you journal. That's the best way, I think, is what you learn, what your perspective was for the end of the day. That's what I recommend. A lot of people recommend goals in the morning. No, I'd rather, how did the day go? <laughs> That's how yeah. I recommend. How did it go? What did you learn yeah. from that day? That, to me, is a better pers- perspective from Bridget. Great advice. Thank you for sharing that, Bridget. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Bridget. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk with you. I'm glad that you're doing well and thriving. I thank you so much for having me on your show. My pleasure. Before we end today, I would like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you for joining us. Please share, follow, or subscribe so that you can easily find this podcast and listen again. You can also listen to Navigating Cancer Together on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to expand your professional network? Join me on LinkedIn. As an active member of the platform, I would like to personally invite you to connect with me. Let's grow our connections together. Simply search for Talaya Dendy, that's T-A-L-A-Y-A-D-E-N-D-Y-B-C-P-A. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you found it helpful. Please be sure to subscribe, share, and tell your friends and family about it. For notes from the show and previous episodes, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. I would love it if you join me for the next episode. Talk to you soon.